Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello to all of our fungal associates out there, and hello, Casey. Hello, Alex. Casey, do this for me. Imagine a job mm. where you can work whenever you want, okay, on whatever you want, Ooh. from wherever you want. Ow. Where would you choose? Mm, a tree. Naturally. Is that too obvious? No, I. Well, y- y- not too obvious, but okay. it is obvious. On brand, obvious. Now, what if I told you that? This dream job could become your reality. I would do it. This is the life of a freelancer like me. And with some hard work and the help of Hectic, it could be your life too. Hectic is an all-in-one business management software built specifically for freelancers like you who are just getting started or looking to take their freelancing business to the next level. From an easy-to-use contracts and proposals builder to client management and project tracking to expenses and invoicing that features click-to-pay technology that makes it quick and easy for freelancers to get paid. All of the stuff that freelancers hate doing the most, Hectic takes care of it. Built specifically for freelancers, Hectic is everything you need to get started. Visit gethecticapp.com slash completely arbitrary now to learn more and start for free yep adding your first client on the platform will always be free and if you sign up through gethecticapp.com slash completely arbitrary you'll be supporting us in this podcast because who couldn't use a little extra support right now casey oh yes please visit gethecticapp.com slash completely arbitrary and arbitrary is spelled a r b o r t r A-R-Y, to find everything you need to start or grow your freelancing business today and put those in-demand skills to good use the way you've always dreamed of. Casey, I wish I had Hectic App when I lost my job to COVID in March. That probably would have been pretty helpful because you could have basically started yourself as your own business. Yeah. Instead, I fumbled my way through everything and life was hell. (laughs) Visit gethecticapp.com slash completely arbitrary. That's A-R-B-O-R-T-R-A-R-Y today to get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Completely Arbitrary. I am one of your hosts. My name is Alex Croson. And I'm your other host, Casey Clapp. All right, all right. What's up, Case? Oh man, not a lot. This has been this has been a, this has been everything seems to be working out. You know? Yeah. I feel like I'm over a hump. Oh yes, you recently you are completely fully done. The odyssey of you moving into your new home has yes. come to a close. Yes. In fact, officially, just on Sunday. They closed. We we are we're done with our last house. So ideally, we'll get our deposit back because I'm still a renter. So yeah, ideally it'll done. It, think, it'll be done. I think most of us are still so. renters yeah. in, in this crazy world of ours. Millennials, I know. <laughs> but yeah, so everything's uh, everything's kind of yeah. You know, 
it's it's a fine. Everything seems to be good. That's great. I will say I have been. Um, I, as I, as you may know, we've recently put out a podcast. Yes, and I'm having so much fun looking up all these fun things. Like this has kind of been something that I've always wanted to do in terms of like oh, I'm just going to research this tree and make a little fact sheet just for fun. Mm-hmm. And now I'm kind of like now I have to, and I love it. So, yeah, it's a fun, I will say it's a fun little project. It's a bright spot. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's it is uh, it has given me something to do with my emotional energy yes idle hands make are, are the devil's hands yes i have, i was thinking of uh i was mixing that up with all work and no play so i was i was thinking <laughs> idle hands make jack a dull boy <laughs> it doesn't flow near as well not at all well i've had i've been having a lot of fun uh with our podcast in regards to um well i don't know what this says about me but i i and i listen be honest i think last episode or two episodes ago, yeah, I called us out for time stamping our episode. Oh yeah, that's right. I was like, we're talking about this. Th- we're talking about Chris. I think it was Christmas. It was Christmas, yeah. And it's going to be like January twentieth when we hear, <laughs> when people hear this. Yeah, right. Um, so it's it'll be it'll be in late January when people hear this. But I do want to, or maybe no, February. early February. This, this is our first like, February episode. Happy yeah, February, Happy Case. February, you guys. Yeah, this is going to be a bright, it's like I, whenever I picture February, I, I picture just like absolutely brightness because it feels like it's almost spring, but it's still winter. Oh, yeah. It's bright and cold. That, that in between. I yeah. like that a lot. But I was, I, I do, I've just been loving uh, the responses from the people who like our podcast. It's just blown me away. It's so, so cool. For those of you who, you know, we're going to timestamp this one, I'm afraid. Yeah. Our podcast came out just last week. Mm-hmm. And now we're recording this one, you know, you know, ahead. We're about just in a month case. ahead. Yeah, just in case someone has to call in sick. You know, we got a whole <sighs> HR department ready for that. But yeah, I, it's been so great. And honestly, I can't thank everybody who's listening to this enough for all the support. Yeah, you know? it's nuts. Two guys randomly talking about trees, and you guys are stoked about it. I, I didn't. I thought we were gonna have like six followers. I feel especially lucky uh, because I've done almost nothing to uh, deserve. The uh, credibility <laughs> this is what? earning me—that is ridiculous. I would not. Yeah, I, I. This is a partnership, Alex. I didn't say that so that you would compliment me. All right, take it back. I take it back. You're a real asshole. I take that back. Thank too. you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh God. All right. Well, what are we talking about today? This is a tree that you suggested that we talk about. That's right. I'm going to let you introduce it. Okay. So I want to start this with. A comment from our Instagram page. All right. If you don't follow us on Instagram, go ahead and do that. It's it can it might be a lot of fun. How do you find us? Well, you go to Instagram. Instagram.com? Um yeah. A lot of people <laughs> use the app. I still put the www in front of everything. HTTP. <laughs> whoa, 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 I'm no coder, okay? Come on. <laughs> uh arbitrary pod. That's A-R-B-O-R-T-R-A-R-Y pod uh, at on Instagram. And we got a comment on our very first post. This person says, I'm so excited uh, regarding our podcast, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. I love trees, and my husband is now a ginkgo from the Living Urn Company. That is so sweet. Uh, I had to look this up, and it's Living Urn is a, a company that takes your loved one's ashes mm-hmm. and casts them into a urn. Oh. That you fill with soil and a seed or a, a sapling. A seedling, anything like that. Yeah. yeah. 
and you plant it in the ground and this oh tree God. grows out of your loved one's ashes, which is just the most beautiful romantic thing I've ever heard in my that life. Absolutely is. I, I've actually thought about this for myself and for other, you know, people in my world if yeah. I had that opportunity. But I had always imagined like planting a tree, you know, on or near wherever they're planted, the people. I can't remember I guess buried might be the term. Um because uh, I it feels like a um like a a continuation of their life, you know, totally. it's like they've become this tree every time it flowers, every time it does something, you know, you're reminded of the, the joy of that person. That's it's, really sweet. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's beautiful both environmentally and metaphorically and, and all those things. Yeah. Um, so this, this person said, I'd love to hear more about ginkgos. Pretty please. Oh, and then a, a handful of emojis. Um, that just really touched my heart. So I said, Casey, we got to do an episode on the yep. ginkgo. Yep. And then I Googled the ginkgo tree. <laughs> And my oh my, I have some thoughts. I am so happy to hear your thoughts because I'm very familiar with the ginkgo, have been for some time. I was telling you earlier, it's like day two on the tree ID list. That's you right, know? yeah. It's such a well-known, uh, it's well-known, but it's kind of ironic that it's a well-known. Mm. We'll discuss that okay, in a second. Okay, yeah. Yeah, before we get into my thoughts, before we get into your thoughts, let's talk like we always do first about mm-hmm. how to identify this tree in the wild. Oh my gosh. All right, so... This tree, this actually, it's funny that you say that. You may not ever actually be able to find this tree in the wild. Well, that sucks. It is. This tree is technically, or not technically, but there's a, most scientists are thinking it's actually extinct in the wild. Right. But it's so well known and so, or so uh, broadly planted that everyone knows it. No matter where you are in sort of the temperate regions of the world, you're probably going to have a couple ginkgo trees. Oh, so it's not in the wild, but it's planted maybe like in parks. Yes, horticultural okay. circles. I was mix. I see. I was mixing up. Uh, I guess I just didn't understand what you what what was meant by in the uh, wild. Yes, I'm not going to be wandering through a forest <laughs> and find a ginkgo tree That's necessarily. Reasonable. Yeah, you certainly won't unless you're in a very like specific valley in China. Yes, but okay. if you're walking around, let's say the streets of Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. where there are ginkgos planted like gangbusters that's amazing it is and it isn't okay there you'll see them so here's the thing with ginkgos they have these gorgeous like the the the, i want to say archetypal but i don't think that's it but they're the this leaf their leaves are so well known everyone knows them they're super popular people Mm -hmm. get them tattooed on them all the time Mm -hmm. and they're these like fan-shaped leaves that come out from a single petiole which is the the little stem of the leaf and it pops out and it splays out like a fan. Yeah. It's like a really wide slice of pizza. Yes. With a little notch right in the middle. Sometimes it's deeper. Sometimes it's uh, the leaves are like long with a deep notch. Sometimes they're wide with a little shallow notch. Oh, I didn't notice the notch. Yeah. If you look closely, you can see that little notch in the middle and that is what their scientific name is. Ginkgo biloba. Biloba meaning two lobes. Two lobes. I see the notch now. Yeah. I'm referencing the Sibley Guide to Trees by David Allen Sibley. Oh my God. For those of you who are, so many people have asked us about like, hey, do you have any resources? You know, I'm doing this. I want to know about trees. Number one favorite book, especially if you're just getting into it. Man, this book gives you everything you need to know. The guy paints individually all the different trees and fruits and drawings, everything there he's done himself. It's a beautiful book. 
it's amazing. And it's extremely like succinct, it's factual, and it gives all the extra information that you could want without cluttering things up. It's That's just right. such a well-designed book. And I'm borrowing it off Casey, so I'm, I'm kind of... I'm kind of geeking out. You should. I've done it so many times. Like you can see that book is destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> I put it in my backpack for it's like a relic. decades at a time. <laughs> All right. So it's, it's bilobial. Yes. Well, what? What did you call it? I, yeah, that's the scientific name. Ginkgo biloba. Biloba. Yeah. But okay. I like bilobial. Oh, I feel like well, I was calling the leaves bilobial. I think that's a great term. I well, think we're going to, I don't know if it's going to be in that book, but let's use it. Hey, wait a sec. Hey, your brain is bilobial. Am I a, Am I a scientist now? I think you just became a scientist. I'm published because we're putting this online. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I really, I what I wanted to imagine right then was you like having a like I look away, then I look back, and you look just like the doctor from Back to the Future. <laughs> like your hair is really wild. You're clearly an eccentric doctor. That's what I imagine. In the blink of an eye. <laughs> In the blink of an eye. Alex's like <laughs> whole world changes. <laughs> okay. So the rest of the way to identify this tree, the bark of the ginkgo um, is one of the best ways to identify it if you're just walking up because it's this nice gray, kind of light tan brown. Mm. And it has the, it's kind of broken up into furrows, but it, the furrows are really shallow. And then as it gets bigger, they get slowly bigger and bigger, um, but not so deep. They're like, it's not like a Douglas fir where it's like this super rough surface. Yeah. And they say stay re like remarkably similar from when they're really young to when they get really old. And it kind of has like these lines that look like it goes up the bark. But the real thing that you can tell, there's two, two things that really are just kind of, well, really throw you off so the ginkgo's leaves come from these little pegs of shoots so if you're looking at a ginkgo it's not going to have like that normal branch pattern where um, if you're looking at a big uh, big tree planted in a park where you see this big full circled kind of canopy they're really angular so it grows up and it has branches that come out exactly straight then exactly mm. straight then have these like sort of 30 to 40 degree angles of all these branches coming out with these little, um, like less than an inch long pegs where these groups of leaves come out every single year. So it's like group of leaves off a peg. And then that peg just stays there producing more leaves, more leaves every single year. This is you describing the ginkgo or not the ginkgo? This is the ginkgo. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I, I missed the transition there. Sorry. Oh gosh. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's my fault. So it's got this, um, it, as you look at it, it's like, wow, that is amazingly like it looks almost like a thin canopy of sticks that are just exactly straight. Yeah. But when it's full, it looks like a really airy canopy with these gorgeous little leaves hanging on it. And then during the fall, um, ginkgos are dioecious, which means they have male flowers on one tree and female flowers on the other tree. Actually, I'm sorry. I should take that back. Not flowers. We're going to get into it. We're going to just say male reproductive parts and female reproductive parts okay. on different trees. So, isn't that how it's how it always is? No, many trees that flower would have a what's called a perfect flower, and that has the male parts and the female parts inside one flower. The perfect flower. The perfect flower. Magnolias are the quintessential archetypal example. In that case, I think I can That's, use You nailed it, my yes. man. Thank you. Da, 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 da. Ooh, Casey's yeah. happy dance. Yeah, that was great. It looks so, a bit like you're playing drums. You well, look. you know, yeah, it's because I was like... It's your was, natural... Uh... Yeah, it's my natural move. Yeah, when Casey's soaked, he just taps his feet really fast. Yeah, I do. But the the thing that actually will... So if, it's, if this is a female ginkgo tree, this is what's going to throw people off. And this is what some people either love the ginkgo for this or they hate it. Mm. Most people in the West hate it. People in China love it. Hmm. 
This is a cultural thing for the fruit of the ginkgo, which is not technically a fruit. This is I'm so excited to talk about all these things that I'm like, you know, hinting at. The 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 thing that is the seed, the fruit, I'm gonna this is air quotes right now, okay. of the ginkgo is this very circular thing. It's almost like a, a large marble. And it has this seed coating on the outside. That seed coating, when it starts to um, sort of falls on the ground, starts to decay a little bit, it smells exactly like vomit. Wow. I'm not I'm not being like uh, uh, there's no hyper hyperbole here. There's no like, oh well, okay, I could see it. I mean, you'll be walking and you'll be like, oh my God, did, what did someone throw up right over oh, everywhere? That fucking sucks. It is the worst. And I've had so many people be like, I need to take my tree down. I'm like, well, it's a nice, beautiful street tree. And they're like, it's a female ginkgo. It smells like it, barf. <laughs> I mean, it is it is ruckus. Wow. It, it'll stick with your shoes. You're gonna walk away and you're gonna be like, wow, did, did, did someone vomit in my car? Wow. Like, no, you just have ginkgo on the bottom of your shoes. So it's it's the husk of the seed that, that rots away and not, that's not quite the husk. It's actually the seed. It's a it's a like a, a thin layer around the seed. Okay. So it's but like it's a, husk like maybe. I would say husk like, yeah, that's fine. And for my for my references it's yes, husk like. Okay. Exactly. Uh we talked about the black walnut yeah. last week and it, lo- it looks a little to me like like the outside of a black walnut, like kind of a yeah. leathery it is it's it's, it's similar, but ex- only at, at a very superficial level. Um, I, I I hate the fact that it smells like vomit. That right? that that this is a big twist because I, I came into this whole thing already completely in love with ginkgos. Mm. Obviously, I didn't know too much about them because I didn't know they smell like fucking barf. Yeah, you didn't smell them. Wow, we yeah. got to go smell one. Well, I think well, I smelled one a couple of weeks ago, um, and it was it was it was rough. Where was this? Portland? Mm, yeah, it was in Portland. It was up in uh, northeast Portland somewhere. Okay. Yeah, there's a couple that are in the park blocks, uh, like Chapman Square downtown, right next to the old courthouse. I got to find some ginkgos. I yeah. got to smell them. Well, so here's the thing. Um, only, so people that don't use these seeds and don't care about them, they think it's terrible. Any Chinese cultural people in Portland or wherever, mm-hmm. um, obviously in China, they actually collect these seeds and they make a soup from it. Oh yeah, and I I've never had the soup. I would love to try it. Yeah, but apparently it's not bad, but they I think they like boil off the the skin so it doesn't have that. Um, I think it's like bucolic acid or something. Oh, like that. sure, it's causing and, the the trouble there. And it's it's probably not rotting no. either. They're using a fresh seed from the ginkgo. Exactly, tree. it's a fresh seed, but it produces this. And the idea is it's supposed to have produced this. You know, started millions of years ago, so that some animal who's just scavenging for you know rotten whatever, mm-hmm. then they would eat that seed and then it would scarify it during their or as they eat it in their gut and then they would poop it out in this nice little pile of fertilizer and then boom you get a new ginkgo tree lovely <laughs> I'm, i know that sounded sarcastic but i was like oh that works really well it does yeah there's a couple other plants um there's like the corpse flower which is a famous oh, i know one. about this one ah, it smells so bad isn't that the flower that in dennis the menace what? Didn't Mr. Wilson have a flower that was only going to bloom one night and yeah. then it died? Wasn't that a corpse flower? No, it, no, 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 no. It wasn't the corpse flower. I don't remember, honestly. Sorry. Because the corpse flower looks like a like a mattress. It's like a huge fucking... It's gigantic. Yeah. And it has like a very... I think it's called a um, spathe, I think is the term. A spathe. Yes, I could get that wrong. I should look up all my terms before I say it, but we're doing this live. Yeah. We're just going This is what it. the correction section is <laughs> exactly. for on our website. The Correction. Podcast. Section. regrets the air. 
It's hard to say. The correction section. Yeah, we're going to have to say it six times fast. Correction. Ready? Yes. Correction section. Correction section. Correction section. Correction section. Correction section. Correction section. You're perfect. Why'd you bail on me? Well, because I already messed it up. I I didn't want to bring you down. I wanted to jump ship so that you could keep sailing. That's a real friend. Thanks. You're welcome. Um, so this, that's it. Okay. So a, uh, a, a male ginkgo tree has different parts than a female tree. There's no perfect flower going yes. on with these ginkgo trees. Exactly. And so this is what makes the ginkgo so fascinating. The ginkgo is what we call a living fossil. Mm. Have you heard the term? Uh, only very recently in the Sibley Guide to Trees. Oh. I read the first sentence of the, of the summary on ginkgo <laughs> oh. trees. Oh, there you go. So the reason that it is called a living fossil is because the ginkgo tree was only known from fossil records and from like these, a couple people be like, wait, where'd you get that leaf? Where'd you get that seed? Mm. Um, before the Western world had made its way to China and really gotten into their flora and started to like really figure out what the the flora was of China, which is vastly incredible. And so in China, there's two trees that we consider um, in this sort of strict sense we're talking about living fossils. One is the Don Redwood, which we'll talk about surely on this podcast. The other one is the Ginkgo, because we had seen the fossils of it all over the place, like in North America, in Europe, all over the world, when there was, you know, one world, which was Gondwana, you know, like one gigantic land mass. Mm -hmm. And um, we ended up, so we dated these fossils back to just in the the Permian, which is uh, right before the dinosaurs really appeared in the fossil fossil record. You're talking ginkgo here? Yeah, this is the ginkgo. Has been around since before dinosaurs? Since before dinosaurs. Or, you know, we're talking like in uh, millions of years. So maybe there was like one, like the precursor to the dinosaurs, but you know, I I think I, Casey, I think I just had a moment of clarity. (laughs) I I think I just really, this was one of those moments where I really noticed the difference in our intelligences. (laughs) Elucidate me. (laughs) Cause you were talking about these, these fossils and what era they were from. And I was like, before dinosaurs, (laughs) no way. Wow. Mister, you know, a bunch. (laughs) God, I'm an idiot. I don't think that so. That was my takeaway from that entire <laughs> rant. <laughs> Nothing about the tree. You're just like, geez, I need to read more books. <laughs> I'm smart in other ways. Yeah, dang straight you are. Guess who doesn't know how to do a website? Casey. <laughs> Guess who knows how to use Squarespace? Alex. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. This is tearing us apart. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. 
write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. All right. So they found ginkgos. Uh, they first found them in the fossil record 260 million years ago. Incredible. I just cannot wrap my mind around that. That is millions of years. Not only one millions of years, not two millions of years. Yeah. 270. Un- 260, I'm sorry. Unimaginable, really. It's crazy. Yeah. So the ginkgos were probably a species of plant that dinosaurs ate constantly. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Throughout this, there's been like three or four different extinction events. You know, so before uh, there was the Permian transitioned into the Triassic period, there's this huge extinction event where Mm -hmm. like 90% of all life in the oceans died out. 70% of all terrestrial life died out. Wow. Then the dinosaurs started to appear. Then there was the gigantic extinction at the end of the Triassic period, which then, or Jurassic? Jurassic, I think. Um, which then, you know, it's the famous one where 65 million years ago, the meteor crashed in the Yucatan Peninsula. Boom, dinosaurs disappeared. Mm. And so you're like, wow, this ginkgo has survived at least two massive, massive extinction events, probably several small ones. They have survived since the, like, Africus and or Africa and South America split off and became the two continents they are now like they've survived throughout all of that i'll tell you why this surprises me what because you look at an alligator yeah and you're like this thing has survived for a really long time sure it looks like a battered old like you can you you see why oh yeah it's survived for so long because it looks like it's made of of plate armor it does and it also looks like the something that someone imagined for a monster that lived 260 million (laughs) years ago yeah my point being i look at the ginkgo tree it looks like a precious little baby like how did it survive how how did how i mean did it i'm sure it it evolved over the years. Yeah, sure. But it looks so, it does not look like a tree that I would think has survived mm. for eons. You're right. You're exactly right? right. Like, what made the ginkgo so good at surviving yeah. that everything else died away? Yeah. All the other plants that ever existed. That's incredible. That to we me. don't even know about or that we do know about. There's plenty that don't exist anymore that we know. We found them in fossil records, but plenty that have just evolved away, you know? Yeah, it's super cool. Well, so what's other the when you consider this, there's another sort of layer onto this. And the reason other than the fact that we found these uh ginkgos in the fossil records, like almost the same exact leaf from 250 million years ago as to what we see today growing that we can hold and pick off of a living tree. Mm. Those are the seeds, all those weird things that I was just talking about. This is going to throw some people. So you understand the idea of a, a broadleaf tree versus a conifer, right? Uh, yeah, I do, actually. Okay. Yeah, perfect. So <laughs> hang out with you too much. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Not too much. Just enough. <laughs> just enough. <laughs> so the uh, so the biggest difference, like botanically taxonomic, not taxonomy, botanically speaking, you have gymnosperms and you have angiosperms. These okay. are two big main types of plants. The gymnosperms have, are what called or what's called naked seed. And the angiosperm means covered seed. Ah, means that the ovule is inside of an ovary that is kind of tucked away at the bottom of a plant, and then the or the pollen has to drill through the 
this tissue to get into that ovary to get down into that ovule fertilize it boom now you got a new apple or whatever so a, so a uh, a conifer which has cones and inside the cones are the seeds yes that would be a angiosperm no fuck gymnosperm yeah, it's a gymnosperm i mixed them up sorry. i know it's it's a little bit of a botanical like well how does that make sense they're covered by the cone scales it's like well yes but the cone scales when they open there's just a seed sitting there there's not an extra ovary oh, 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 okay. so when the conifers are getting pollinated the cone scales open ever so slightly mm-hmm. and then a pollen grain comes in and lands right on the seed produces a sperm that sperm goes into the seed fertilization it doesn't have to burrow through a new layer of tissue that is the same as or that would be the case in an angiosperm so it's one is just a naked seed sitting there open it up boom fertilized the other one the seed is completely covered and you have to really work to get into it i see so you would think as you look at things, you have broadleaf trees, which are your lindens and your oaks and your maples, mm-hmm. all with these big broad leaves. Those are angiosperms. Whereas the conifers and other gymnosperms look nothing like them most of the time. There's a couple really wacky ones. I'll, I'll send some in the notes. I'll show you some other uh, gymnosperms because cool. there's they're some wackadoodle plants. But the, um, the ginkgo is technically a gymnosperm. The seed, that that vomity smelling piece of seed, mm. that is just the seed. Wow, no it's kidding. just there. There's nothing on the outside. There's okay. a little skin on the outside, like a little layer. That is what smells like vomit. Little membrane. Exactly. But that membrane is it, and that's just a part of the seed itself. Interesting. The ovules on the female ginkgo trees just kind of pop out there and they're just sitting there in the open air. They get fertilized. And then they produce these seeds, boom, you got a new ginkgo that's ready to go. But it's not covered. And that is also speak or that rather also speaks to the how ancient the ginkgo is, hmm. where it is a gymnosperm that has broad leaves. <laughs> I'm sorry, that throws me. I'm just it's so crazy to me. It's it's you would think that it's a an intermediary, but it's not quite, you know, these things all developed sort of independently through different lines. So the angiosperms and the uh, gymnosperms are completely different. They're completely separate. Um, it wasn't like one, one happened, then the other came from it. They developed separately. And the ginkgos are like this wacky thing that's way off in left field that mm. like, if you look at the botanical taxonomy of it, the, you have like ginkgos are like their own order. You know, like it's like plants. Wow. Then you have angiosperms and gymnosperms and ginkgos. And then ginkgos over here. Yeah. yeah, it's they're the they're the fucking weirdest plants. Like botanically speaking, here's the last factual thing: most plants nowadays have pollen and that pollen will then grow um it'll land on a thing and then the pollen grain itself will grow down into the ovule or into the seed ginkgos produce motile sperm one second my brain has to catch up i know <laughs> we got to put like a i need like pause and like play back the recording for a bit <laughs> i think we should <laughs> get on the same page the the ginkgo has mobile sperm. Motile. Motile, which, which means is, it can move. Exactly. So imagine a male ginkgo tree has a uh, produces a bunch of pollen. That pollen goes and lands on a female tree's uh, 
seed or ovule that's just hanging out there open. Mm-hmm. That pollen then creates this little tadpole. This little tadpole, like microscopic tadpole, then has to burrow its way into the ovule, and then it fertilizes that ovule, and you get the seed. That's crazy. Yes. There's, I think cycads do that, which are another of these wacky old, like ancient plants. Almost no other plants have motile sperm. That's incredible. Yeah. So it's like, it's a super ancient thing. And this is the, they, you know, scientists have their reasons for thinking why something is primitive. I put it in quotes because primitive kind of means less evolved. When you are sitting here looking at this tree that's growing in a street in Portland that is literally shitting vomit all over the sidewalk. And you're like, wow. You're one of the most ancient trees I've ever even imagined. I, you know, this whole, this whole ancient tree business, this whole living fossil thing, I think that is like such a beautiful choice for a living urn. Yeah, right? It really is. I mean, it, you, it's, it has so many layers, doesn't it? Yeah. Casey, I think now is a perfect time to rate this tree. Okay. For everybody listening, new and old, we rate trees on a scale of zero to 10 golden cones of honor. Casey. Yes. As our resident expert, we will begin with you. Oh my God. All right. So this is, I'm going to tell you, like, this is my story arc of how I've imagined ginkgos. Like you see the first ginkgo and you're just like, wow, that's amazing. Hmm. I've never seen one like that ever before in my life. Like it's such a fascinating tree. Then you learn all these other things about it and you're like, wow, that's a really cool tree. We should plant more of those. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, look, this whole street has ginkgos planted. That's amazing. Oh, this, oh, this whole street also has, all of these streets have ginkgos planted everywhere. They're famous as street trees. Because they're such tough trees. Obviously, they've survived so many mass extinctions and dinosaurs and all these things. They have outlived all the maladies that would affect them. I have a very quick question. Yes. So sorry to interject during your moment. I can't believe you. When planting ginkgos on a street, do the people who plant them go out of their way to only plant male ginkgos? They do. (laughs) So I was infatuated with the ginkgo for a while i thought it was such a fascinating tree it is a fascinating tree objectively speaking but we plant so many of them right now i'm just like no more ginkgos i am over the ginkgos wow so for those of you who don't know i work for the city and i'm involved with basically planting and i have so many opinions on trees i guess that kind of goes without saying at this point there are so many great fucking trees that we can plant on the streets everywhere like there's a hundred different species but the cheapest one is the ginkgo or the linden or this other tree like there's a bunch of trees that people plant because they're super cheap they're super available and they just have been mass produced for decades now so i i i have to say i'm going to give the ginkgo I think I'm going to go like a six and a half, 6.5. Is that too low? Oh, no. Casey is asking that because I went, well, my jaw, my jaw dropped. It hit the floor. Luckily, there's carpet, so you didn't hear it. <laughs> I'm I, not saying, I'm not saying, I'm not telling you what your score is about. All right. That's, so I, I think it, I, I, you know, if it, if this was like a tree that you could find in the forest all over the place, I think I would give it like a four. Because it's like, oh, honestly, it kind of smells bad. And, you know, we, we have a bunch of them. But because they're like this unique species, they're lost to the wild. Like, if we didn't take care of it, maybe they would just all die out. Who knows? 
I don't know. I just, I don't know. I'm going to go, okay, 6.7. You're right. No, 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 no. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm gonna don't let with, me do that to you. I'm going to stick with six and a half then. Yeah. Stick with, stick with your yeah. heart. All right. I'm going to do that. However. I have a hard time hiding my reactions to things. I think I don't want you to famously. ever, never hide anything from me. <laughs> People tell me about this. <laughs> They're just like, wow, you could have kept that to yourself, Val. Yeah, mm-hmm. seriously. Yeah, great job. I have, a hard, I have a hard time with it. Well, what about you? Six point five, you said. Yeah. Six point five golden cones of honor for the ginkgo from Casey Clapp. Yeah. Okay. I think the ginkgo is fantastic. I think aesthetically, it's one of the most beautiful trees I've ever seen. That's true. Here's the difference between me and Casey, among many others. I don't. I can't remember ever seeing one of these trees. What in the in the city? I'm sure I have, but. I couldn't. I couldn't recall ever seeing one. That is stunning. Maybe, I bet you. Yeah. I maybe bet I you, need to walk around the city more. <laughs> you know, have you ever had that um, that experience where you would like learn a new word and like, oh, it's an interesting word. Then all of a sudden, you hear that word repeated over the next couple of weeks. I like, am sure I will see ginkgos constantly. From I think now you on. will. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. I am not letting Casey's uh, Casey's opinion about them being overplanted and overused play into my opinion. Here's what it's like. It's like when you. Uh, when your nephew is like 13 years old and he discovers Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon and he's like, this is the greatest album ever. And you're like, yeah, it's good. (laughs) It's like a little overplayed. It's like like classically, quote, one of the greatest albums ever. I'm over that. Listen here, listen to this kid. You're going to wrong so many people now. (laughs) I am the the kid with the Pink Floyd CD. CD. Um, (laughs) So I am looking at this with fresh eyes. Okay. And I'm going to allow myself to do that. You should. Why? Because I deserve it. Mm -hmm. I think the ginkgo is fucking great. I think it's beautiful. When I saw a picture of a uh, yellowing ginkgo in the fall time, my heart exploded. It's one of the most gorgeous things I've ever seen. I'm I'm not being exaggerating. No. Exaggerant. Exaggerant? Here. I think exaggerant is the right word. Yeah. Uh, Now we're going to hear it all the time. (laughs) I think the bark is a little nondescript. I think that's fine, though. It doesn't need... It's it's the the real money in this tree is in the leaves. And also, when you first mentioned the barf smell, I was a little off... I was a little, I was a little upset, right. but then I thought, well, that's actually kind of cool. That's like unique and kind of fun. I think that the the fact that the ginkgos are super ancient and like one of the oldest living trees that survived all of these, you know, um, adversities events is yeah. fucking awesome. I'd be, I'd be kidding myself. I'm gonna go for I just it. Just say it. I'm gonna give this tree ten. What? Ten. Cones. Holy shit! Look. <sighs> I was going to give it a 9.5 and then my mind immediately tri- it, it like I tripped a wire and I was like no that feels wrong. I like I like this tree a lot. You need this is what this podcast is about. It's about us being honest, mm-hmm. speaking from the heart, yeah. making sure we're putting our emotions on our sleeves. And Casey, I'm amazed that you went so low. I understand I, it. So I guess I, I'm not that amazed. I get it. But I'm going to differ with you a little here. I'm going to give this a 10. I think, honestly, I feel like I I was 
I was brash. I should, it gets, I should give, I'm giving it an eight. I'm changing. No, it. come yep. on now. I'm doing it. I'm giving it an eight. Why? I don't think it deserves of, Because 10. of what I'm saying? No, because I think I was, you know, I was judging it off of the last things that I was saying. And I'm like, hey, so you just got done explaining that this is the most fascinating, mind-blowing tree. Oh. And then you got upset because it's planted too much. Yeah. And that ruined you. I'm going to go with eight. You're right. I'm sorry, everybody. I feel, I feel like I influenced you unfairly. I feel like we just got so many followers that left and then immediately came back. Mm. And they're like, Casey, you've, you've ruined, you've robbed me for the last time. I think that it deserves 10. Honestly, you're right. I, I'm not changing mine. Okay, stick good. With oh eight. my God. You scared me half to death. <laughs> I thought you were going to go 10. No, I'm not. I, I can't go 10. The no, I'm, I, ha- I, I don't even know if I can go 10. I'm still, I, I still every night go to sleep and I'm, I'm wondering like, am I ever going to choose a 10? <laughs> It's like it's like when kids are like, "Am I ever gonna get married?" I'm like, "Am I ever gonna have a ten out of ten golden <laughs> cones of honor?" And then I like it's a restless night for the rest of the night. Well, now I'm paranoid because I'm like, "Did I just give this a ten so that I could feel that rush?" <laughs> this is a this is, this is your drug of choice, Casey. Let's move on to our completely arbitrary Q and A. Let's hear our cue and who asked us this cue. All right. Here is the cue. The cue is from our listener, Miranda Ernest. Hi, Miranda. Okay. So Miranda Ernest asks, I've heard that ginkgo trees can change from male to female. Is this true? Interesting. Mm, I have news for you. Hmm. It's true. Wow. I was really hoping to rhyme one more time, but I failed. Ginkgos can change from one sex to the other. Ginkgos can change from one sex to another. Tell us how and Not why. necessarily entirely. So this is, uh, it's a phenomenon. And this is something that I think is is unique. Um, not necessarily two ginkgo trees. Some other trees can kind of switch their sexes back and forth. Um, but it's, no one really knows why. No one really knows how. Hmm. Researchers in Japan have been researching. They found like, or they have found a couple trees, like one entire male tree. It has all, it only produces pollen and then it has one branch and that one branch has female ovules on it. Okay. So they're like, why is that one branch like that? And it's not, there's no pattern. It's somewhat random. It's a phenomenon. Like it doesn't, it's not something that generally they can be like, oh yeah, every tree is, has that one branch. But basically, um, it does happen. Ginkgos do do this. And the reason that they are, the only reasons that they can come up with is kind of self-preservation. So the ginkgos have been within this little tiny grove, this small little forested area in China. They're nowhere else. And they've slowly get outcompeted by other trees that grow. So maybe there's this one male tree that's planted where it's growing way off, really far away from all the other ginkgo trees. If that male ginkgo tree is just producing pollen all the time, but it's not getting anything, at some point that tree is going to die. It's going to get outcompeted. Something's going to happen. And now you have one less tree. So if that tree over time starts to develop the female parts as well, then it can pollinate that female part. And then you have a self-pollinated tree. That seed will then be able to grow and start a new tree. Genetically, it's not the best thing in the world because just like, you know, inbreeding, it constantly, you want new genes to always come in. That way you're having a more healthy embryo and things. Hmm. So if the tree self-pollinates, it can still survive, but it may have weird mutations sometimes and cause different kinds of trouble. And this tree has been, again, in existence almost straight for 260 million years. 
wacky shit happens in 260 yeah. million years, one assumes. So why it happens, no one's really sure. We have that idea. Does it happen? It does. But not generally, you know, a full tree will just all of a sudden poof, you know, switch genders or switch sexes and then end up being a, um, you know, fully produced ovules or fully produce pollen most of the time it's just a little bit here and there hey man for all for me it's all the more reason to to you're confirming my 10 yeah i think so i think that's very fair i'm feeling better and better about it they're stunning you're right well thanks miranda <laughs> yes is that right you did you got it right wow hold on let me know it's navigate. a fun little game we play we see if i can remember the name of the person who asked the question <laughs> by the end of the by the time casey finishes answering it <laughs> i know depends on how many paragraphs i answer the question in. is it really miranda miranda Ernest. cool thanks miranda Thank we you. appreciate your question and your listenership and Always. all of your listenerships and speaking of we have mm. come to the end oh my gosh. of this episode of Completely Arbitrary. Another Casey, odyssey. I've had a grand old time with you, my friend. Me too. I can't believe this. Like <laughs> That we had a good time? No, sorry. 10 out of 10. I'm oh. still caught on that. All right. I yes. believe we have a good time every time. I come over here to have a good time. That's right. This mm. is the good time time. Thank you so much for listening to Completely Arbitrary. Uh, hey, follow us on uh, Instagram if you mm-hmm. if you so choose uh the link to that is in the description of this episode you can find additional readings on this tree on our website completelyarbitrary.com link to that in our description and we just thank you a whole lot for listening this is so much fun you guys yeah all right thanks everybody Bye. bye completely arbitrary is produced by alex croson and casey clapp our production consultant is olivia frankie our artwork is by jillian barthold and our music is by the mini vandals Thanks for listening.